it's okay to have an obsession. I dive into my craziest, imaginative and plain stupid obsessions. Mentally Obsessed is a podcast in which people can share and relate to obsessions anytime, anywhere. Obsessing over a game? I'll talk about it. Obsessed with World of Warcraft? Yeah, me too. Whenever the opportunity arises, I also interview celebrities or people of interest. So, what are you waiting for? Let your obsession reign free. And if you like what you hear, consider following and sharing with friends. Come nerd out with us too on Twitter at Mentally Obsess. Resident Evil Village has broken the internet with millions of fan creations and I'm pleased to be interviewing voice actress Andy Norris to discuss her role as Donna Bienevento. How are you today, Andy? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here, Reese. This is uh, fantastic. Thank you for bringing me on. Yeah, I'm doing great. Good to hear. Good to hear. So uh, to start off with, we'll be doing like an icebreaker game just to see who your favourites are in the game in <laughs> Resident Evil Uh-oh. Village. So I've selected... <laughs> oh no, the secrets are out. <laughs> so I've selected uh, a list of uh, characters and I'm going to ask you, would you rather slay, infect or befriend these characters? Okay, slay, infect or befriend. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to start off with Lady Dimitrescu. Would you slay, infect, infect. a friend? Infect. Well, okay. I would infect her. <laughs> Any particular reason why? Or just because I feel like honestly, because I feel like that's something I'd want to see. It's just is is her get more infected <laughs> purely from um, not from a Donna standpoint, but from an Andy standpoint. I would be very curious to see how big she gets. Would you slay, infect, or befriend Ethan Winters? I would slay Ethan Winters. Man, he just... Now, this is from a Donna perspective. He just walked into my house. I mean, what is that? He wasn't have, invited. You have a grudge. You have a grudge. <laughs> a little uh, bit, maybe. <laughs> next up is, uh, would you slay, infect, or befriend Mia Winters? Mia Winters. I would befriend. I would befriend Mia Winters. I don't know that I have a good reason why. I've just got a good feeling that that her um bipolarness even though i know it's not her her <laughs> bipolarness and i would would real really get along well katie is really good in zombie apocalypse so she'll be oh my god a good friend to have <laughs> well katie and i have gotten to be quite good friends uh, maybe that's why i'm so inclined to say mia winters is a friend yeah yeah i enjoy katie a lot yeah, I've seen loads of uh, Instagram stories of you together and um, at the bar. So much Shark Week. So much Shark Week. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's obsessed with Shark Week. <laughs> so would you slay, infect, or befriend Moreau? I'd befriend Moreau. I think Moreau, aside from, from Donna, is the most empathetic character. Mm-hmm. Um, or the most easy to empathize with. You know, I think that... that we can all probably see a good portion of ourselves in Moreau. And I think that's a part of ourselves we should probably befriend. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree with you there. So next up, would you slay, infect, or befriend Mother Miranda? Uh, I would infect Mother Miranda. I think she deserves that. Uh, I don't know if I have to give more of an explanation than that. But... <laughs> well, that's that's just how it is, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, would you slay, infect, or befriend Angie. Oh, I would I would befriend Angie because she is someone I do not want to be on the bad side of. Yeah, that's pretty true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And lastly, would you slay, infect, or befriend Heisenberg? Oh, Heisey. Slay, infect, or befriend. Can I take the option of pretending to befriend, but then actually infecting? Yes, you can do that. It's your universe. Okay. <laughs> because, yes, excellent. Because I'd really want to get into his brain and learn, you know, things like how he operates. Because I think he's one of the most intellectually interesting characters in the game. Um, but ultimately, I would not want to be his friend. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's And also, it. I don't think I could slay him. So we'll go with infect. I'm sneaky. Good answer. So that's <laughs> it for the little icebreaker game. Just to, you know, basically just calm down a bit, even if you've got nerves or anything. That's basically just for me, you know, because I'm anxious <laughs> before these interviews, even though I've done so many it's now. It's okay, me too. Me too, same. <laughs> so before I get into the questions, I want to ask you, how is Twitch going? Because I know you've been doing Twitch a lot lately. Oh, it's been fun. It's been actually really fun. Um, I, you know, I work in a lot of video games, but I hadn't really played a lot of video games. And the ones I had played have been like Telltale games where they're more story-based and, and choice, like uh, player choice-based, less combat. And I was... Super nervous to take on Village. It was my first first-person game. Um, I had no real idea how the controller worked and no concept of what the game was outside of my part in it. So I decided, you know what? Let's just go all out and we're going to stream this. And it was the best decision I maybe have ever made in my life. Wow. Because all of a sudden, I wasn't alone playing the game. So I wasn't sitting there with my frustration and confusion. I had, you know, a hundred or so people reminding me where I was, you know, in the castle because I kept running into walls and I couldn't find the doors. And I didn't know how to get away from Lady D or like what I was even looking for or was I supposed to get, you know, there's so many things because there's a lot of things built into games that you learn through playing other games. There's just game mechanics, right? Yeah. And like how to level up. Some of these things are very consistent across games. You know, how to obtain weapons or where to pick up loot. And mm -hmm. having no experience playing these games, I didn't know any of that. And I have the most wonderful, supportive followers who have just been so active in my chat and, and guiding me through everything that Village was a super fun experience. You know, I'm playing, I just started The Last of Us with them last night and it's, it's a delight. The short answer is I very much enjoy Twitch and the whole community has been such delight. There's nothing great about being a streamer and having a really supportive community, even if that's four people or a hundred people or a thousand. Yeah. It's really good to have such a supporting community. Now, I wanted to ask you, uh, what Telltale game have you played? Because um, I, I like The Walking Dead Telltale. It's really good. Um, I started The Walking Dead Telltale a long time ago, and I it was like one of the very first games I, I tried to play. Mm -hmm. And I got, this is back when like I got so frustrated playing games that I would just cry and quit after the first death. Um, and I was like, I don't understand the point of this, right? And so that was how I was with Walking Dead. I have now rebought it. And it is sitting in my queue to play again, because once I found The Wolf Among Us, I was like, I'm in love with this game. Yeah. And I will play this game till the end. But I have an obsession with fairy tales and film noir. So it was kind of 
it hit me in all the perfect spots. Very nice. So you've done um, stunt work and acting in front of the camera in the past, according to IMDb. Mm-hmm. Is this your first ever time voicing a character from a video game? It is. It is. Um, which was super exciting. I, you know, I don't have a lot of voiceover experience. Um, most of my experience working in games has been doing the the motion capture side you know doing a lot of creatures a lot of stunts and and acting as well but being voiced by other people so this was an awesome experience getting to do an entire person you know just like you do in film right it's like oh Mm. i have i have you know control over over how this character speaks i get to develop them and there's something to be said about the collaboration between different departments you know, like I did a lot of the the movement acting for some of the characters on Star Wars Vader Immortal. And we have scratch lines, you know, like initial dialogue lines that are played over mm. as we're doing the action. And that's a very unique way to collaborate. And that's super fun to kind of experience somebody else's take on a character and bring that to life physically. That's super fun. But it's a totally different experience to be able to have control over both the voice performance and the physical performance. So it's been, that was really cool. Now you're kind of integrated into the video game industry. Would you ever do like a, another Star Wars role? Absolutely. 100%. I didn't even have to think about that. I had such a fun time. Vader Immortal was a fantastic project to work on. And I've heard the same about other Star Wars games. I worked on one other one as a stunt person. Um, not credited for it though. but. Um, yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely jump in for another Star Wars role. It doesn't matter what it is. You hire me to be a droid, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> Love Star Wars. That's That was my next question. Do you like Star Wars? Are you a fan of Star Wars? <laughs> what? Did you not get that? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I yeah, quite yeah. love Star Wars. I just bought, um, don't tell my Twitch streamers, I just bought Ewok, oh, an Ewok onesie. Um, oh, so wow. the next time that I play a Star Wars game, I'm going to wear my Ewok onesie, but I got to wait for the weather to cool down first. How I like how has the weather been there? Has it been really hot? It's been hot. Yeah, we've been in the 90s mostly. Oh, wow. Mid to high 90s. Um, I don't know what that translates to Celsius because I'm American, but <laughs> it's hot. It's been quite hot here as well. <laughs> it, it, That's what like, I hear. Yeah, we don't have um, air conditioning here. So we've just cut these desk fans or standing fans or you have to have oh, the windows God. open and when you have yeah the otherwise it's so stuffy <laughs> yeah and there's just bugs flying in like flies and mm-hmm. crawlies. It's, it's a nightmare <laughs> yeah i can only imagine because they're all trying to get out of the heat too right yeah exactly uh, so, <laughs> next, so next question is did you ever learn more about your character's backstory i learned i knew some of the backstory when i started it's hard now to remember what I knew then and what I know now. I knew I knew her parents had died. I knew she had been sort of adopted by Miranda and uh, experimented on. And I knew she talked through Angie. I didn't have a lot of information from what I remember on exactly how her reaction to, you know, the Kadu, how it manifested itself. I don't remember knowing about about the flowers and the hallucinations i think Mm. that was new to me when i when i played the game well not when i played the game but when it when it came out and you know i'm following everything on twitter um i think that was new for me but i did know about angie 
from the very beginning. And yeah. I knew about her dad making the doll. I think that's about that's about what I knew. Oh. You know, I knew so, I knew the other lords, but I also knew that she was the recluse. Of all the lords, she was the biggest recluse. Yeah. So um what inspired you to get into voice acting or acting in general? Um, well, acting in general, um my feeling is voice acting is acting. Um, yeah. there's some technical difficult there are differences, obviously, but um it's all acting and i've been acting since i was five so when i did my first children's theater show i did annie and as soon as i was up on that stage and i was an orphan and i and i said i love you mrs hannigan then i was like i'm sold this is what i want to do and um i've pretty much done it my whole life like even when i wasn't doing plays when i was younger uh, my mom decided that children's theater was a scam So she took us out of it (laughs) and I started writing, not writing, but creating my own stories or my own mini plays during recess and lunch. And then convincing my teacher to let me and my friends show it off in class up until I could audition for the the local junior college. And then I went to high school and I did all the shows in high school. And then I majored in in college and did all the shows and started working professionally in theater when I was in college. Like it's all my whole life. It it was never, it was never one of those, what am I going to do with my life? It was always, I'm going to be an actor. Now, what am I going to do to pay the bills (laughs) in the meantime? Yeah. So you always So that's where I, oh yeah. I always knew I wanted to be an actor. Um, is there any particular person that drives you to work in this industry? Oh, I have, oh man, I have a lot of inspiration. You know, people I really look up to in terms of their, in terms of their abilities. Most notably, I guess I would say Doug Jones. He was the one who kind of, when I was at a place where I didn't know how to get back into the industry, I took a little break so I could make some money when the, when the economy crashed and I became a software developer mm-hmm. and I had done that for a few years and I was trying to get back into acting. And I was so frustrated because I had a software brain at that point, like my creativity, how to physicalize and vocalize my creativity felt like it was super stifled. And not to say that software development isn't creative in its own right. It is, but I was really struggling feeling like maybe I was never going to be able to get back. And I was super fortunate to have the opportunity to meet Doug and go out to dinner with him, actually, and have a whole conversation with him. And his take on his work and the the industry and his career was so inspiring that, one, I had never considered creature work. And that sort of opened up a whole new door for me where I had the ability to jump in physically without worrying about the vocal side. So I could kind of tackle one before the other, getting back in. And, you know, my whole career sort of launched because of creature work. Yeah. So I would say, I would say Doug was a huge influence for me. Um, Yeah. And then um, who else, in terms of people that I haven't actually met, you know, you, you love the favorites, right? Like Meryl Streep is hard not to be inspired by, but I would go old school too. Like I've always been a fan of silent movies. So watching Charlie Chaplin or Marlene Diedrich was a huge influence for me early on. Audrey Hepburn was a big influence. Yeah, I kind of love the oldies. <laughs> yeah, that's completely fine. There's no, there's no issue into that. If someone was to ask me what my, who my inspiration is in terms, because I've wanted to do 
voice acting too, and I abs- uh, not voice acting. Yeah. Act- acting. I want to know. I want to know who's your. Who is it? Who is it? Um, <laughs> I actually, I loved um, acting in uh, like drama in college, uh, not college in school um, in mm-hmm. year seven. So it was like so it was the transition after primary school into secondary school, uh, year seven. It's, okay. uh, it's hard to explain the UK edu- education system, <laughs> but <laughs> just as in, so it was in year seven, we we would go for this we, this project. So um, the teacher put up like this image of a haunted house. And it was like improv, and I absolutely bloody loved it. I loved it so much, and so I was bullied in school. That unfortunately um, scared oh, me out of doing acting. So yeah, but my inspiration is Timothy Charlemagne. Love to, Timothy Charlemagne. I think he's very, um, very good oh, actor. Yeah, but, and Carrie Fisher as well. Carrie Fisher was oh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. so many I She's could name. <laughs> the list could go. It's hard to pick one. Exactly, it is. Yeah. So, next question is: In your opinion, how can someone maintain their mental well-being in this industry? I ask this question a lot, but everyone's got a different take on this question. So that's why I always mm-hmm. include it because it's always a different answer. Yeah, and I think it's a difficult thing to get a grasp of. I think that's why we have so many issues in this industry um around depression around addiction and not to say that those aren't issues elsewhere because they obviously are are things that people myself included struggle with i think in this industry there's just a highlight on it because there's a highlight on everything once you once you become known enough kind of everything changes and that's been a big experience for me with with resident evil is it's no longer just my family and friends watching what i do i'm i'm very aware and and that can take in between that, the crazy work hours, and in the beginning, and I imagine well into your career, the hustle, the hustle takes a big toll. Um, I think that the best thing you can do for your mental health is try to find the best work balance, like the work-life balance that you can, which in a lot of careers is difficult. But in this one, I think especially so because at least in the beginning, you're not only juggling this career, you're juggling how to survive because this career doesn't pay your bills for yeah. a while. And so you're often, you know, having three or four jobs and dealing with not only like like the anxiety of maybe having to uh, get a shift covered very like with super last minute or, you know, having to just leave a job because you booked a film. So I think the best thing you can really do is find out how your body works. And honor that, honor the space that you need, because this career, a lot of people feel like I have to do it now. I have to do it now. Now's the time. But more and more, we're seeing people age into this career and the opportunity is there and honor life, enjoy life. You know, this, this career will be there and it will grow as you push forward. I think a lot of people just fall into, again, myself included, fall into this need to do it all now. Mm-hmm. that's that's me that is that is honestly me <laughs> like i'm 23 years old but i was like i need to do this and i, I see myself oh my being a successful presenter next year <laughs> and it doesn't and it doesn't happen like that it does not you know it's such a silly thing like um i get told all the time like don't tell people your age don't tell people your age because women especially don't get hired as much the older we get and everybody wants someone in their 20s but in my 20s i was a software developer i'm not in my 20s anymore you know, my career is only kicking off now and I'm in my mid thirties. 
And that's earlier than a lot of people. And, and I think we should draw more attention to that. That's very true. It gets my blood boil, boiling when like women, especially and uh, 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 anyone is discriminated against in looking yeah. when, when they're applying for roles, jobs, whatever. It really gets my blood boiling. And Michelle Lukes, who was on not long ago, was talking about mm-hmm. how she got so much hate for how much how old she looked. And I was like, Michelle, you look great for your age. Even though she didn't even tell me her age, but I was like, you look good. You look good. You really do. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Also, who cares? <laughs> exactly. Know? Yeah. And are you are you doing the job? Are you a great actor? Do we feel for your character? Do we, are we brought along in the story? Then who cares how old you are? Exactly. I, I, I felt so, I felt so bad, but uh, I felt like, and sad at the same time. Because she doesn't deserve it. And no, no one deserves it, but she's such a lovely woman. She's yeah. great, No, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that she's had such trouble with it. Um, I know a lot of people who, who deal with that. And I've been, I've been super fortunate that I, that I look pretty young for my age and I've always played younger. In fact, I never get cast for anybody my age, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Which is super fortunate, but I, at the same time, I feel like I want more people to, to own where they are in life because part of the reason we get, part of the reason we work is because we bring all of our life experience to the work. Yeah. And a lot of that comes with age. Exactly. So there's no reason we shouldn't be honoring this age. <laughs> That's very true. The older they get, more experience you've got. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I am sorry to hear that about Michelle. No, that really sucks. It does suck, yeah. So um, since the game was released, how does it feel um, with all the notifications on Twitter and the popularity everyone's <laughs> been getting? <laughs> um, at first, it was overwhelming. At, at first, I trying to keep up with it all. I feel like I did a fairly good job, but my anxiety was super high. I was constantly monitoring every word that I said, you know, afraid that I was going to say the wrong thing, or I was dreading getting those trolls, you know, because this is all, this is all new to me. As much as I've worked in games before, I've never been in the public eye for it. So it was overwhelming at first. And now it's just now it's fun. Now, now I have a community of people, you know, in my, like on Twitch and in my discord server and on Twitter. And I just love hanging out because it's been, I've, again, I've been super fortunate to not have had much negativity at all. And I know not everyone in this cast has had that experience, but it's been, it's been fun recently. It's been fun since I calmed down. It's been fun. It was never bad. I just yeah. had an anxiety attack in the beginning. Which is understandable, obviously. Like, you've not, not been used to all this, like, all these people. <laughs> no, no. And then and the re- being aware of the repercussions, right? There's yeah. just so many things about being in the public eye that I hadn't thought about. You know, like I said, now there are thousands of people who are looking at me and what I do. And I have to be aware of that. Because I don't know who those thousand people are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's That's true. The, the whole cast on Twitter has been fun to interact with. Mm-hmm. It's, the, a, it's such a good cast. Yeah, it, everyone's so fabulous. The most person mm-hmm. I interact with is uh, Sarah Coates. Sarah's she, amazing. Sarah's the reason I got this game. Yeah, Sarah Coates and me, Kiki, that whole, um, <laughs> that whole interview I did with her last, uh, last week. <laughs> I had so much fun. That's amazing. Yeah, she's a delight. I love Sarah. Absolutely. So, and Ruben. <laughs> 
Oh, Ruben. Ruben's okay. such a cutie. So, um, what is a question that you want to be asked that no interviewer has asked? Oh, my goodness. This is a tough one that no interviewer has asked before. I don't think that anyone has ever asked me where I want my career and my life to go. That's a good, that's a good question to ask. So I basically, like, I want to do, I love doing motion capture. I love doing mm-hmm. film and television as well and theater. But once, since I found motion capture, that's sort of where my passion lies. Um, and I want to get more into doing the voiceover aspect of it. I want to do motion capture until my body breaks down. That's where I'm at. And as I get more experience, I help run a school. I don't know if you know this, but I help run a school for motion capture and action acting. Yes, I did and, see on Instagram, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mind's Eye Tribe, um, which has been such a cool experience. And And I would like in my career to get to the point where... I can take on more of that school because I'm really passionate watching our students get into this and discover like I did and and build their skill sets and get excited about all of it is so fulfilling to me that once I, I'm way down the line, not able to do parts of this career, I want to still be teaching. You know, I want to keep bringing new people in. I think that's Basically, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life is what I'm saying. <laughs> but I, yeah. That's very yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody's asked me that. Ah, now you have. <laughs> ha! You all have the secret now. You know, part of me that nobody else knows. <laughs> I feel so special. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know this As it- you should. <laughs> I know this interview is all about you, but if someone was to ask ask me what I want, what, how I see myself, and I future, do want to know. <laughs> hopefully, I see myself being a TV presenter. I absolutely love um, a daytime show here called ITV this morning, um, and the uh, presenters on there are really inspiring. I want to do stuff like that, or panel hosting at comic cons. I'd love to do that. Oh, yeah. You should get into that. This, this is this, the greatest. I mean, you've already got the skill set. Thank you. There's there's so many things I want to do. Like I'm going to college in September to learn esports. I want to do esports casting Ooh. and host the host there. Oh, there's so many things cool. I want to do. <laughs> do you do you play esports games? Uh, I play Valorant. I don't know that. So Valorant's like a five v five game where you plant um, a bomb. Um, you're either attacking or defending. So the defenders stop the attackers from planting the bomb. Okay. And, and it's they've just branched out to esports. I think like I've been seeing a lot of Valorant esports lately, and I've been playing the game pretty much every day to to listen to increase my skill set. So I want to do competitive yeah. game. Well, cool. Are are you? Do you stream your play at all? Yes, sometimes, yes. Yes. I've well, how do of, I, where do I find it? Because now I want to watch. Uh, I'm just really smart. I am on Twitch. So it's just R-H-Y-S okay. and smart. I'm going to look you up. And everybody <laughs> else, look Reese up because that sounds cool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I've, I've kind of taken a break from streaming at the moment because um, like, I've had so much thing, um, personal stuff going on lately with my mental health and stuff like that. So I haven't really... Been on, but I'm hopefully going to be on soon. So, and then because I'm like I said, because I'm practicing, Valent will be the one. Yeah, I'll, I'll be streaming. <laughs> cool. 
Cool. Well, yeah, um, I'm going to follow you so that I get notified when you are back up and streaming. But I'm glad that you take the time for yourself uh, in terms of mental health. Like I said, I think that's something a lot of people uh, aren't aware of that needs to be done. Yeah. Like we're not designed to work 80 hour weeks. You know, we're designed exactly. to like go out, find some food, eat it and sleep. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a friend who was very stressed at work. Um, she had an addiction um, and she was like, Oh, I really physically can't go to work next day. I'm so anxious. Oh, she was basically crying to me because she didn't want to go into work. And I was saying, mm-hmm. you phone in and tell, tell your boss that you want to have a mental health day. And like, if they sack you for that, then I'm like, you go to ACAS, which is like um, a charity, and you go into legal and say they fired you on, for discrimination. And she did. She took a mental health day. The workplace really understood. Uh, so, oh, God. And, and I think everyone should take at least one day off for a mental health day if them stressed, if them feeling anxious, suicidal, anything like that. Absolutely. Obviously. And I think like, nothing, talking, nothing yeah. in this world is worth your life. Exactly. And I, I think because I've been there, done now, I've been in hospital so many times because I've been suicidal, stressed, and like I've had no means of knowing how to contact people or yeah. a coping mechanism. So um, it's it's good to talk to people and like Samaritans and the US have, has a helpline, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Oh, man, that's, yeah, I understand that. I understand that struggle. Um, and I, I'm glad that her work, sorry, their work, I don't know, I missed the pronouns, um, was understanding. I know not every place is. No, but it's not. so vital. Like I, like I said, no job is worth your life. Exactly. And if your mental health isn't, if you are sacrificing your mental health, you are sacrificing your life. That's right. That is a very true statement. And we're, we're like, we grow up to be like, that's it. We leave school. We're going to go straight into work. You've got to work for your mm-hmm. life. You've, and, and I'd say this to my psychologist all the time. I'd be like, it's not that I'm lazy, but like working seems very like slave to me, basically. I, <laughs> I'm like, I hope I'm going to work for the rest of my life, but is that how you're going to pay bills? I'm like, yeah. yeah. So like, I, I have to live with that, unfortunately. So nothing I can do physically. I mean, paying bills is a part of adulting. Um, but we put such a focus. I'm sure it's the same in the UK as it is in the US, but we put such a focus on what your career is and what your job is. And it implies that you have some level of status in society. And it's all bogus made a bs <laughs> in all honesty right like what you do for a living has no pretty much no sway on who you are and and i would like to i know there are some places in the world where people don't ask what do you do you know they ask what are your hobbies yeah. what are your passions and i i wish that we i hope for a day when we put more focus on that that is very true. It's it's frustrating when you go to like a family gathering and they sit there and I'm like, so what's your job? What do you do now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have to sit there and explain. Well, I interview people, I stream, and I'm like, huh, yeah, okay. Do you want to do something else? Maybe like be a doctor or <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, 
I love, I love my mom. She's, she's an amazing support in my life. Um, and, and she's always been supportive, but when I was in high school and she asked me, you know, what do you want to study in college? And I said, acting, and she chuckled. And then she goes, no, really, what do you want to study? (laughs) And I was like, acting. And there was just kind of this blank moment. And I realized I'm going to have to prove to you that this is what I want to do. And even through, you know, through my 20s, she's she's my mom. She's supposed to be concerned about my well-being, right? Yeah. Um, so in no way do I fault her for this. But even throughout building this career, there's been the okay, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna give up software development, right? Like you're gonna keep remembering how to code, right? You're gonna keep up with all the changes just in case, just so you have a fallback. And it's that kind of like. Oh God. Oh God. Like, that's not what I wanted to do as a career. This is what I want to do. And, and now that I'm in a place where I'm actually launching this career, my mom goes out and brags to like 12 year olds who are playing Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's also a motivation as well to prove those people wrong. Certainly. Certainly. And like I said, she's always been supportive. She's always shown up for everything that I've done. She's just doing her mom diligence. <laughs> yeah. of, are you going to have a, like, are you going to be able to eat? Are you going to be able to pay rent? Like that's all she's supposed to do that. You know, that's yeah. her, that's her mom job. But it, it is funny because um, I know, I know a lot of people face that of, well, you know, what are you really going to do? Mm-hmm. And I come from a family of engineers and doctors. Yeah. I'm the only actor in there. So it was all kind of a shock, you know, when I said, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, it's it's so it's one of those things with acting, isn't it? Or or, or content creators or people mm-hmm. that are on the internet and things like that. There's always this stigma like, oh, you might not make it though. It's I'm like, oh, it's a very slim chance that you might make a living out of it. Sure, there's but it's your life, right? And and if this is what you're passionate about, you know, again, it's just not nothing's worth nothing's worth your life if this makes you happy and if if putting in the time and the energy to do this fulfills you then there's no downside right it's your time it's your energy if you can sustain a life outside of it and pursue this at the same time then yeah i mean do it it seems kind of like a no brainer to me but <laughs> that might be that might be super naive of me I'm aware of that because I know a lot of people are not in situations where they can pursue what they love. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope, in all honesty, I hope that also I am in a place sometime where I can facilitate more people being able to do that. That's actually something I really want to do is, is get our school to start doing more outreach, you know, to, to people who don't know that, that these careers are options for them. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah I just took that suggestion. on a wild tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Putting put in that suggestion, you let them know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've already talked to the owner of the school about it, and TJ Storm, he's he's fantastic, and he was like, oh, yeah, let's definitely do it. It's mostly me finding the time to organize it. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we've, um, I've, t- I've waffled on a lot in that section. Well, let's, the next question is, um, how did you prepare for the role as Donna? Any tips? Oh, this one was... Donna, I felt very close to Donna. I kind of refer to myself as a social introvert that I get exhausted in groups very quickly, but I feel the necessity and I do enjoy being, being social. And in that space in me where the anxiety creeps in and becomes overwhelming and I have to sort of disappear 
I relate very strongly to Donna and the feeling that I, my true self is something to be ashamed of. I relate to Donna. I'm not an actor who pulls my personal life directly into my work. I will pull my personal life empathetically into my work. Well, I will say, I understand something like this feeling. And that is sort of where I will start with just on a human to human basis, right? It's the same way that I would relate to a friend who is dealing with this. So I'm not sitting there going, I'm imagining my own social anxiety. What I am doing is saying, I'm, I'm building up an imaginary world in which I am dealing with what Donna is dealing with, a, a physical or psychological scar, apparently depending on the translation. I went with a physical scar because the American translation goes that way. But I have been told the Japanese translation implies it's more of an emotional scar. I won't touch that because I don't have information. But I sort of operated on this, I need to hide my face, I can't be seen in public. And you start to build this imaginary world where, where I could no longer speak with people and and what that means and what that meant for my family and what that meant for my father and and his desire to bring me out of my shell by building Angie and then my relationship with Angie and then you know going through the experience of losing my parents like these are the things that I did I went through I put myself through that emotional journey just in my imagination of losing my parents and and Angie and the groundskeeper you know, the gardener being the only things in my life. And sorry, I get a little emotional talking about this because it was a huge emotional journey for me um, to go through this. And, um, you know, what it meant to have Mother Miranda want to take me in as family. And mm -hmm. then the betrayal that I was not enough. I wasn't enough for my parents. I wasn't enough for the world. And then I wasn't enough for Mother Miranda. Like, what does that drive someone to do, right? You're dealing with so much rejection from every part of your life that Angie is all, all I had. Yeah. And in psychologically, there's, there's two main ways that children deal with trauma like that. And one is to fall deep within themselves and blame themselves and sort of take on all of this emotional trauma themselves. And the other is to lash out. And I think that what my experience was in this, I started building dolls. I didn't physically, like Andy did not physically start building dolls. But in my imagination as Donna, I started building dolls because that was how I processed all of the trauma. You know, that was my experience of, of trying to build a community that I could be a part of, a family that I could be a part of and not rejected from. And Angie was the part of me that lashed out. So here we have the two different ways that children tend to deal with trauma. We have Angie who is lashing out, you know, left and right, you know, out of all of these very base emotions, we have envy, we have anger, we have sadness, and Angie goes through all of them. And Donna is is such so internal, but also processing everything in her own way. And you see in the game, you know, that when Ethan starts attacking Angie, that there's there's evidence in the game. And no, this I didn't know um, because I didn't know how I didn't know everything about how the experience of the house built, like how that was going to play out. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't understand all the gameplay when I was doing this, but watching it, I was like, oh, my goodness, what I created 
in Donna fits so well because there's evidence in the game as you play it that Donna is actually the one running from Ethan. You know, there's like these these blood marks on the walls and things like that that imply that she's the one who's actually being stabbed. And it's regardless of whether that's accurate or not, um, there's still this feeling of like this heartbreaking desire to be to be a part of something and to be loved. And Angie and Donna just deal with it in separate ways. And Angie is the way that Donna gets to deal with it through both ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I guess my my approach to Donna, because I kind of went off on a big old tangent there, was, <laughs> was to really sit and explore her life from an imaginary and empathetic standpoint and to build up all of the different pieces of her life from the information that I knew. Because when you look at, when you look at characters, villains aren't villains, right? They're, they're people who are drawn to do some extreme things. And if we, if we decide, and I know there's a debate about this, whether or not Donna was in control of what happened to Ethan or whether she was passive in what happened, I think that even if she was in control of it, you have to come from this incredibly empathetic place for everything that has that has happened to her and that all of her actions are stemming from this desire for a family, this desire to not be rejected. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> it does, yeah. And the, as, as a fan of the game and playing the game myself, we all felt bad killing Donna. It was, I, I, I. Yeah, I don't know anybody who was like, Donna's a nightmare. I felt it. I felt it. We all felt it. Right? You do, because you do empathize with her. Yeah. And there's no, there's no one in this world who hasn't felt some anxiety, like some social anxiety at any point in their life. I will put a wager on that. Yeah. And I think that if you say you've never felt it, you're lying. Because we're human and we all have a desire to belong. Exactly. We all have a desire for family and for community. That's we are communal creatures. Whether we're introverts or extroverts, regardless, we still have a desire to be part of a tribe. Yeah. Well said. Well said. So sorry. Maybe the dogs. It's okay. No worries at all. So if you could go back in time, what era would you go back to and why? Um, I've got two here. Mm-hmm. One. I hope all of my Discord server is listening to this. I would pick the Jurassic period um, because I have a strange obsession with dinosaurs. It's not really a strange obsession. A lot of a lot of people have obsessions with dinosaurs. I will fight to the death that pterodactyls are not dinosaurs. They are equally awesome, but not dinosaurs. But if I were to set that aside and say like a human period, I would go back to the 1910s and 20s. I think uh-huh. the the golden age of of Hollywood and the film industry and, you know, the people who, who s- built film as we see it today. Yeah. Like how exciting, uh, what a time to be, to be involved. <laughs> um, Katie said that, that was Katie exactly said that. She said I'm not surprised. Of course, Katie said that. <laughs> so here's a suggestion for you. If you ever have mm-hmm. like a party or another cast reunion, it has to be 1920s themed. Yes. That'd yes. be really good. That'd be really good to see on social media. Yes, I would love to do that. I would I would pull out all my flapper gear. <laughs> so that would be so fun. What other character in any other franchise would you voice and why? 
This is another tough one. You know, I would give almost anything to do Tank Girl. I know that is <laughs> such a cult film. <laughs> But if there was ever a Tank Girl game, which I think there should be, I think that would be a really fun game to play. I would love to voice uh, the title character for that. Ooh, I haven't heard of that film. Oh, you should watch it. It's it's totally a cult classic. Um, it's got amazing practical effects. These like kangaroo creatures. She's a delight. I think they are doing a remake of the movie with Margot Robbie. At least there are rumors mm. about that. Um, but it's a it's a great, terrible film. It's really what it is. <laughs> but it's based on a graphic novel that's also marvelous. Oh right, Ooh, very interesting. Maybe I should watch it. I'll get um that's on my bucket list to <laughs> films to watch. <laughs> Because at the moment I'm absolutely obsessed with like watching storm chasers because I'm really interested in like tornadoes oh, cool. and things like that. Yeah. And, and my only experience with that is Twister, but um, that just shows you how old I am. <laughs> I've watched Twister. Twister's a good film. It is a good film, right? Yeah, it's. I a good enjoy film. that. The, the 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 special effects hold up. I really do. They, I haven't opinion. watched it recently. In my opinion, I. I I think. <laughs> Don't no That's one roast me. <laughs> I think there's something to be said about um I don't know I don't remember how much of that was digital special effects versus practical. Yeah. But I love going back and watching movies with practical effects that haven't been remastered. Yeah. Because you get such a tactile experience with practical effects, you know? Even mm. though here's something I think that as a society, we, oh gosh, I feel like this is going to be a very divisive statement to say, we are losing our ability to suspend our disbelief, right? Mm-hmm. Like when original storytelling that was, you know, someone around a campfire and a couple people maybe with masks that would go through and tell the story or moving into theater where obviously things aren't real. The fourth wall is maybe there, maybe not. Um, we recognize that we are not looking at real life, but we suspend our disbelief to be part of the story. Yeah. And as we get more and more realistic with film, as we build in virtual reality or augmented reality, I think there's a risk that we will lose the ability to suspend our disbelief. And we will look back and see things that were made with practical effects and we'll be like, well, that wasn't very real. But when you watch the original Star Wars, the first time you ever saw them, it was so real, you know? Yeah. Everything was real because you still had that ability to suspend your disbelief and to say, I am going to exist in this world for the period of this film and I will buy into the restrictions of this world as reality. Good answer. So last question. Um, it was what characteristics of Donna do you share? And you kind of, you've touched on this um, mm-hmm. in a couple of questions ago, so I'm going to change it. Um, to, okay. Would you buy an MMORPG? So it's like a massive online, you probably know, don't you? What an MMORPG yeah. is. Is there any game that you would play? If so, what game? Oh my God. I, you know, I've honestly never thought about it. I've... Mostly because I worry that if I did, I I would get stuck 
<laughs> and I would never get out again because I know I know people who get involved. It becomes so much of of what they love, and I'm okay with that. Like I think that's fantastic. But I know me, and if I start down that road. I would be like, I just want to be here all the time. This is so cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm not very good at impulse control. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, think you I don't know. The, the answer is I don't know. I haven't really, I haven't considered it in any serious context. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, there's a new game that's come out recently from Amazon called New World, which is an MMORPG. Oh my God. Is that out? Is that out? I think they're doing the final bite test, I do believe. I was watching Asmongold uh, play earlier today. Um, he's oh, another Twitch that is streamer. One, that is one that I would be interested in. Um, I didn't realise that that was coming out. I believe so. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Don't quote me on it. Okay, okay. Well, I won't <laughs> say any more about that. Um, but that is one that I would be interested in exploring. I know oh. a little bit about that game. and um, I mean, like, in that I've looked into it, but... Yeah, let's see, I, I, uh, norm- I play World of Warcraft with a friend of mine. Uh, World of Warcraft's been um, a game that I've played on and off um, since Wrath of the Lich King, which is like a couple of expansions ago. 2008, yeah. I believe, I created my account, and I think I was like 12 years old. Uh, I can't do maths very quick. <laughs> That's okay, I didn't, I didn't even try. I'm um. not a very good maths whiz, but you know... So I think you should try World of Warcraft as well. Um, very good game. All right. All right. I'll take a look into it. Um, I got to get a PC first, though. I feel like my Mac's not going to run video games very well. Well, World of From Warcraft is available on Mac, yes. Is but it? Don't, yes, yes right. it is. But I don't think you'll be able to stream it. Um, I'm not sure how streaming a Mac goes. Yeah, I mean, I've been streaming my PlayStation so far. Right. But some point I'm going to get a PC. I just grew up on Macs, so it's a weird switch for me. Yeah, I, I have a MacBook and a PC, and it's hard sometimes. Like when I used to go into college and used to sit on the Macs, <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, control, alt, delete, oh, no, it's not on there, uh, command, delete. Yes, I have, a, I have like a PC keyboard, and I had to remap all of the keys to where the Mac keys are. Yeah, oh, wow. Because otherwise I was like, ah, I'm pressing all the wrong buttons. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you've got into streaming now. That's really good. Me too. It's been really, really fun. And I'm excited to interact with more people. Like I said, I've had nothing but good experiences. And also I would like infinite help in getting through all of these games. Um, <laughs> I think it's more fun as a group effort. Yeah, that's that's very but... true. That is very true. So lastly, where can everyone find you? What's your socials? Um, primarily I'm on Instagram as Andy underscore Norris. It's the same for Twitter, sorry, for Twitter. I'm not on Twitter a whole lot, but I try, I try. I'm just new to Twitter. And then Twitch, I'm Andy Awesome. And it's A-N-D-I Awesome. That's pretty much it. I don't really, I'm not really active on Facebook or anywhere else. So I would say Instagram, Twitter, Andy underscore Norris, or Twitch is Andy Awesome. Yeah, no one uses Facebook anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Is that still a platform? Yeah. I'm on TikTok too, but also I don't understand TikTok. So you can follow me there. I just haven't really done much. 
And if you're interested in following me too, all my socials is just I am Reese Smart. And if you want to follow me on Twitch too, it's just Reese Smart. And that's R H Y S and then obviously Smart. If you don't know how to spell that, it's S M I R T. Thank you so much. I think there's a really good joke there about being smart and being able to smell to spell smart, but I'll leave it. Uh, thank you so much Andy for joining me it's been a pleasure to interview today we've had a lot to talk about I could go on all day talking (laughs) (laughs) but I know you've got loads of things to do oh this has been a delight thank you so much Reese, for bringing me on and and I hope that we get to do this again in the future sometime yes definitely any new projects that you're on I will shoot you an email over and we'll talk about that new project I love it I love it thank you I am joined with the fabulous Sarah Coates, who you may know as Marguerite Baker from Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, and Louisa from Resident Evil Village, and other stuff as well. And she's a massive RuPaul's Drag Race fan, and she's, and she's she's been in the show as well. How did you, like, get into, like, RuPaul's Drag Race? Is there any, like, particular reason, or did someone introduce you? Like, how did you get into it? started watching so jinx monsoon jared coffer i believe season four was we had done a play together in seattle so he left the play to go do rupaul's drag race (laughs) and they had to recast him and so we had met there and then um and so i was like of course i'm gonna watch and support my friends on the show i'm joined here by the voice of uh, Evelyn from Resident Evil 7 Biohazard and Angie the Doll from Resident Evil Village. So um, how do you relate to Angie and even, or even Evelyn? How do I relate to them? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I find it best to, I mean, you have to bring so much of yourself to any character, especially a villain, um, only because nobody's actually a villain in their own story, right? We all think we're the hero. Uh, regardless. So, and that that's true of all humans, I suppose. Hello, Michelle Lukes. Thank you so much for joining me again. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me again. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I'm still invited back after the last time. Oh, you're always welcome <laughs> back regardless. You. How is it like holding in, like not, like not being able to, you know, shout out to the world that you're on Resident Evil? some ways you just get so used to not talking about it but in other ways it's like you're always worried you're gonna fuck up because it's it has to be has to be strictly enforced and so you get to a point where you're like almost scared to say anything at all because you don't want to get into trouble so if you could go back in time what era would you go back to or if you want to go forward as well. I would go back. I would definitely go back um, probably like the 1920s. I've always, uh, there's something about like 